When Andrew Scott gives advice to young Christians, he knows some of them are going to be called to be missionaries in the traditional sense. But he encourages most young people to pursue a vocation. Then they can use that training in unreached places around the world, including many places where traditional missionaries aren't allowed to go. Finish your studies and do your best at it and get a couple of years experience in a really good vocation. And then you have the keys to get into many countries in the world to take a job somewhere and be salt and light. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and uh, we're going to be talking today with Andrew Scott. Andrew is the president and the CEO of OMUSA, Operation Mobilization. And uh, we're going to be talking about his work, about OM's work, and about a book that he's written to challenge all of us to be more involved in what God's doing around the world. So I'm very pleased to have him with us today. Andrew, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you so much, Todd, for having me on. Let's talk about uh, some numbers for a minute. 2.8 billion unreached people. What does that mean? I mean, if we say someone is unreached, what does that really mean? That is a, a term we use to refer to those that will be, will be born, live, and die without ever hearing the gospel one time. Uh, those are people that primarily live in the areas of the world like Middle East, North Africa, Western Central Asia, stretching right over into the subcontinent. The reality is we're not keeping pace with the number of people that are born into that, that this group that we call least reached. In fact, 57,000 people are being added to that number every day. So very soon we'll be over 3 billion. What's the answer? How do, how do we change that? Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, the, the reality is, and, and I'm sure many of your listeners fall into this category, there are people that are living their life out for that purpose, and it affects how they give, affects what they do with their life. But the reality is, I believe, Todd, that we have actually left a lot of people on the sideline. Now, people have chosen to be on the sideline because they've wrapped their life around their own purpose. The way I describe it is they, they, they think that they're the picture, but in reality, they're a piece and they live their life as if their peace is the picture and when God's the picture. And they invite God into their peace to bless their peace and to keep them safe. And God's inviting them to put their peace into a beautiful picture with much more significance. And so I think the answer is if we can help every person who says they follow Jesus to understand that their primary purpose on the earth is to be in relationship with God and re reflect what they find out from God, what they know of God, what, what they experience from God, reflect that back to the world as light and as salt. And as we do that, and of course focus on these parts of the world that don't know Jesus, then I believe we can start to make a change. But unfortunately, over the last couple of hundred years, we haven't gotten even close to 1% of the body of Christ engaged in doing that. And that's somewhat of an indictment on the Western Church that we don't care enough. I mean, I really, literally, we don't care enough that there are people who are living their entire lives without ever laying eyes on someone who knows Jesus Christ. If we merely feel sympathy and do nothing about it, it's just pity. 
what we need are people with compassion who which means they will act on it and and i think what what i believe we need to do as the followers of jesus is that we need to ensure that our life's purpose is wrapped around that so how am i using my money how much of that am i keeping for myself for my own dreams my own ambitions my own plans to ensure that i have a safe secure and comfortable life uh, or and how much am i giving to the purposes of God to change the reality in which we're talking about. You know, I like statistics because they tell us facts often, but they're only statistics. But the reality is in America, we as Christians only give 2% of our income. Out of that 2% of the income, only 5% leaves the U.S. So Christians in America, when we give our money to Christian causes in the U.S., only 5% goes outside the world to help what VOM's involved in and help what OM's involved in. Of that 5%, only 1% goes to focus on these least reached parts of the world. 1% of 5% of 2%. Someone put it this way, that we spend more money in America on Halloween costumes for our pets than we do on changing the reality of the least reached and persecuted Christians in the world. I want people to sit quietly with that for just a few minutes. We spend more money as Americans on Halloween costumes for our pets than we do on reaching the most unreached people groups on planet Earth for their eternity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just ponder on that. I hope that drives you to prayer, not just prayer that, that the unreached will be reached, but prayer, God, what do you want me to do? What's my part in this? Andrew, obviously, this is a passion for you. How did that become so? How did God work on your heart and call you into this work? It, it started as a, as a child, and those that get my book will, will read the story of how my parents, when we were kids, would bring us around the fire at night. And after they read the Bible to us, they would read the stories of missionaries. And then when missionaries would come to the church, they would invite missionaries into our home. And so we didn't have a TV in our home growing up. And these stories became our movies and these people became our heroes. Uh, and so missions was, was, in a sense, deep, deep down in who we were growing up and a passion for the nations that was infused by my parents. What were some of those books? Well, you, you have the story of the first, what we'd say, the first uh, American missionary, a man called Adnarm Judson, who who sailed to actually meet William Carey, Carey told him to keep moving, and he went to Burma, sealed up the Irrawaddy River into Yangon. Can you imagine, 200 years ago, into the shadows of the big pagodas, and there he gave his life, uh, translating the scriptures and reaching out to the people of Burma. William Carey, Mary Slessor, a little Scottish lady who went to the Efik people in Africa. Just amazing stories of, of incredible bravery, courage, bringing the gospel to the nations. My dad did the same thing to us. Wow. So some of those, Bruchko was one yeah. of the books I remember he read to my brother and I, Lords of the Earth, Don Richardson's book. Yep. We share that DNA, I yeah. think, of of planting those seeds. And for our listeners, I want to encourage you to do that with your children. Also, I want to point you to the Torchlighters, animated videos that Voice of the Martyrs has helped produce that share some of these stories, some of the ones that we've mentioned here. So plant those seeds in your kids when they're young. I think of this often. We are a hero-worshiping culture. We've just come through the Super Bowl. We we know all about heroes. We can help our kids. We can point them to heroes of the faith and, and let them look up to those kind of people too. So those seeds obviously are producing fruit in, in your life now. Do we, as, as Western Christians, do we kind of have the wrong idea of 
of ministry or calling or I think we tend to think of, well, you know, my pastor was called and that's why he's my pastor. Uh, I was not called. That's why I'm not a pastor. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about that and how we need to kind of rewire the way we think about calling and ministry and, and those things? That's a great example, and I think there there is truth behind the statement that pastor was called. There was a sense at some point in his life that he felt God leading him towards this, to leave whatever vocation he was in and take on this role of being the leader of the church. And it's clear in Scripture, and, and Paul actually tells people like your pastor that their job, and this is key, is to equip the saints or, or, or the rest of the Jesus followers to do the work of the ministry. So the ministry is not done by the pastors. Their job is to equip the rest of us to go do the work of the ministry in the world. And so I think one of the things, Todd, that you're you know, referring to is this idea that I think over this past, well, few decades, I think it is now, that we have somehow got our thinking in this direction where we think that if I don't feel a specific, if I don't have some sort of a mystical revelation from God to, to leave what I'm doing to go somewhere else, then I just stay and do what I'm doing. And, and some people find great security and comfort in that. Well, because I really want to be a businessman. I don't, don't, God, don't ask me to go do something else. But there's <laughs> another side to this, and that is the reality clearly in, in Scripture. And again, it's laid out in my book. We don't have time to get into it now. But that every person was put in this planet for the purpose of God. He, the Bible tells us everything was created by him and for him. So we were created for God's purpose, which is be in relationship with God. And then with that relationship comes a role to reflect back to the world what we see and experience from God. We get to share in his glory through relationship and we get to share his glory through this role. And so everybody's included no matter who we are. And and then in Ephesians 2.10, we find that God uniquely shaped us to reflect his glory to the world. So if you're a businessman and you're good at it and you love it, well, praise God. That's how God intended you to reflect his glory in the world. If you're an engineer, if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, that's how God shaped you to reflect his glory back to the world. Now, of course, my question to you would be, would you consider going to be that somewhere in the world where God's not known, among these 2.8 billion, go take a job, not give it up, but go take that job in a country where you can work there, even get paid to do it, and, and live out the glory of God through being a great doctor in a government hospital somewhere. I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding in our in our theology when we think but God, I really like what I'm doing. And the idea is if I submit fully to God, he's going to make me do something I don't want to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there, I, I think there's even a song, Lord, please don't send me to Africa. <laughs> and that's totally a misunderstanding. Like you say, God created you for something. That's, that's not a place where he's going to have to jam you in and you don't really fit. That's what he made you to do. Absolutely. You know, Todd, we all know this, that in, in life in general, there will always be times where you you have to step up and serve and do something that maybe doesn't fit who you are, or you know, and you're just maybe parking cars in the church car park or looking after kids. God forbid that I would ever have to do that one, but because <laughs> uh, it just, I'm not good at it, but maybe for a short season or, or a period of time, very short. But Paul tells us in Ephesians 2.10, he says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, okay? which he prepared in advance for us to do. Now, in the context of what Paul's talking about in Ephesians, we find out that he's taking us out of eternity to what God decided before time began. 
And this is one of the things that he thought of the good works. This is what he's saying in Ephesians 2.10. He thought of the good works he wanted Todd and Andrew to do. And then he made us accordingly to do those good works. And he called it a masterpiece. Now, there's a few things that go on in our life. Number one is we often compare ourselves to other people. And, and we're not so content with the masterpiece that God created. We wish we had the abilities of somebody else. Well, let's embrace who God made us to be. And then let's live in that. So when he gave you an ability... He intended you to use it. When he gave you a passion, he gave it to you so that you could live it out for his purposes. And so if you want to know what God wants you to do, find out how he made you. Gifts analysis, uh, abilities analysis, passions analysis, personality tests. Find out how God made you and then start to live it out. And so why, if God made you specifically to do these good works with this, as Rick Warren called your shape, why would he ask you to step out of that? when before eternity, he determined who and what you would be like. And I think that's something we got wrong in the missions world. We often ask people to step out of their shape. And and I would love to see us change, turn that around and say, you know what, if you're passionate about being an engineer, if you are passionate about being a doctor and you're good at it, that's a strength, you're passionate and good about it, then live it out and live it out well. Be the best doctor you can be. Reflect his glory back to people. So that they see that difference in your life and ask you, what's the, the reason for the difference? And you get to share Jesus. But again, yes, start where you're at in America, but would you go somewhere in the world where people are not getting to see that light and you can be the light? We're talking with Andrew Scott. He is the president and CEO of Operation Mobilization. He's also the author of a book called Scatter. Uh, and Andrew, the subtitle of the book is Go Therefore and Take Your Job With You which we've been talking about a little bit, but but unpack that a little bit for us. What do you mean, go and, and take your job with you? Well, it, it part of the, I, the idea came out of the frustration that so many of the country, or not the frustration, the reality that so many of the countries we are working in as two organizations, it's it's impossible to go in the right. the traditional model of if mission. If you say I'm a missionary, yeah, they're not going to let you in. You're gone, <laughs> right? Uh, but there are huge opportunities in these countries to go in as a business person or as an engineer or as a doctor, whatever, all of the, the uh, an athlete, an artist, all of these things that we've talked about. Uh, and and uh, so we're, we're saying, well, why not uh, go in in that way? Number one, you have a credible presence. There's no question about why you're there. Uh, and, and actually, I would say it's not even a cover to get you into the country. It's we need you to be the best doctor because if you're if you're to use an Irish term, faffing around. If you're as a doctor, you're 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 not putting your energy and your effort into it. Well, you're not being a great example, uh, and I believe not the light that Jesus expects us to be. But be the best doctor, so that when people look at you, they see that difference. Your attitude is different. Your actions. Your your there's a higher level of excellence because you're serving God, not man. So it's a credible presence. It's it's authentic. It's who you are, living it out. It's sustainable. You're not having. You don't have to raise support to go there. And I think that's a huge one right there. Yeah. If you tell people, well, I one of the things when you say to people, you know, God's calling you to be a missionary. It's like, uh oh, now I have to raise support. Well, not if you have a job there and it yeah. pays you, and in many cases, pays you very well. Absolutely. And here's another phenomenon or trend that's been happening in America for far too many years: is the college debt rate. So you have a whole generation coming out of college. I mean, I've spoke to somebody just last week who had $250,000 of debt. Oh now, how, most mission agencies won't touch you if you have that level of debt, but they wanted to go serve. 
And that's not the only reason we're talking about this, but this solves the debt issue in that they can go get a job, pay down their debt, and still live out what they believe is what God made them to do on the earth as a, a you know, a doctor, dentist, professional. How do you prepare those people? Because let's say I'm an engineer and I've got a good job in the oil business in Saudi Arabia, but I really want to make it count for the kingdom. How do you how do you prepare them to do that? Yeah, and this is where I believe the local church is critical in this process because, again, the, the local church exists, <laughs> or the leader of the local church, leaders of the local church exist to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so as we partner with local churches saying, look, you get this message out to your church, and, and many of them are doing it, is equip your, your people. How do they live out their life with excellence? How do they have this attitude? How do they share their faith when they get that opportunity? How do they disciple somebody? It's not rocket science, but it's also something that's not taught in a lot of places. So how, one of the things we want to do is continue to partner strongly with local churches and encourage them to be doing that so that there comes a point where they can say to these people, okay, now go do this somewhere in the world where God is not worshipped. Uh, and so I think the preparation starts in the local church. And, and of course, as an organization, we have things that we can help them in the areas of culture, in the areas of, of language acquisition. And we have, we've built a whole system. Uh, we call it Scatter Global. It's a website where they can go on and access these tools. One of the things that Operation Mobilization is doing is not just training Americans or Westerners to go to these places. You're training local believers in Africa, in Asia. How does that process differ from training Americans to go? Well, uh, often when we're training uh, nationals, they, the culture issue is not there. The language issue is not there. And so we're diving straight into how do they share their faith? How do they disciple? How do they bring people together in, in vibrant communities where they can worship together and transform their community together? So that takes out that complexity. But Todd, it's a great point because I know that VOM is also very big on this. Is How do we come alongside these places where the church is actually has grown quite significantly and they really don't need us to come in to do the evangelism discipleship part anymore. They just need us to come alongside to encourage, to equip where, where appropriate, and certainly to empower them. Not to give them handouts, but hand-ups. Mm -hmm. Not to create dependency, but interdependency. And to come alongside and to empower them to provide what they need to get them going. And they go further faster than we as foreigners go, going into those places do. And in many ways, if you're just thinking stewardship, it's a better stewardship. Absolutely. It's much more economical to send somebody who already speaks the language, can live at the local economic level, than it is to send an American. Yep. We want to see that happen, and there's lots of places in the world where, where that is possible and true. In fact, for all sorts of reasons, they're better. But there are still places in the world where Americans should be going and can be going, there is no local church. There's nobody to do that, and and we still have to be the pioneers. Now, there, those places, thankfully, are getting fewer. Uh, and, of course, there's plenty of places for us to go to serve alongside or mm -hmm. underneath the local church and uh, to bring the skills that, that, that are often unique to this country. One of the things we've talked about is, is the fact that the unreached, the 2.8 billion people who still need to hear the gospel for the first time— they're not in the easy places. All, all the easy places are taken care of. Now it's the hard places. 
how do you get people ready and, and both Americans who might consider going, but also local believers there? How do you get them ready to say, listen, we want to send you to this village that's full of radical Muslims and you might not come back? How do you how do you get them ready to take that step? Wow, that's a, a huge question that many of the brothers and sisters that, that you folks are dealing with and, and many of the guys in our fields, uh, you know, they could answer way better than I could uh, as far as what it takes because um, that's their daily reality. But I think there's a fundamental biblical principle that somehow in the West we have lost sight of because of all of the other messages that come our way, whether it's the marketing messages that point us towards a comfortable life or even some of the nationalistic messages that point to the safety and security of our country. There's a biblical message uh, where, where we're clearly told in Scripture, we are not citizens of this earth. Uh, we're aliens, we're sojourners, we're pilgrims for the period of time that God allows us to live here. And in Hebrews 11, uh, it's a, a, a chapter of the Bible that constantly challenges me because the writer to the Hebrews lays out these men and women, and some of them are, like Rahab, pretty questionable characters in the Old Testament, but somehow are picked out because of their faith and their belief in God and the, a future hope. And it says that these people saw themselves as aliens and pilgrims. And because of that, they didn't want to go back to the country they came from. They were always looking for this city whose builder and maker was God, this, this future state that, of course, is heaven. And so they held on to their earthly possessions. They held on to their nationality. They held on to their home country very, very lightly. And I think that's where it has to start, that, that we need to understand that safety is not our primary goal in life. Being part of a, a nation is not our primary goal in life, but that God's glory, his fame and renown, Isaiah says that it's his fame and renown is the desire of our hearts. And, and God's desire is that all nations would know that. And we have a big job left to do. And it is the hard places. So we have to forget the safety. I, I mean, we're not going to walk into it foolishly, but let's make sure that it doesn't become the, the restrictor. And I will say this, Todd, and I'll step, I'm a parent of a 21-year-old and 18-year-old. I believe that we as parents are the biggest obstacle to this generation going to the nations because I meet many of them, the, the millennials, who want to go and their parents won't let them because of this issue. Because of safety. Safety. You can, <laughs> don't raise my grandkids over there. Exactly. It's not safe for yeah. them. Let's talk because you just mentioned millennials. I have kids in that same age range. There's somebody listening who is in that, let's say 18 to 25, they're a young person and they're feeling this sense of God wants me to go. Speak to them, just kind of advise them on what are the next steps as they as they sense that call and as they start to walk in that direction. Well, praise God if that's what you're feeling. Uh, you're waking up to the very purpose for which you were created. That purpose will never change. And I, I pray that you will keep going. I think one of the big encouragements, because I meet this so often, Many of them say, well, I'm going to forget my studies. I'm going to step out of my job and, and, and go join a mission agency. And, you know, for some, that's the right way to go. But for the vast majority of you is finish your studies and do your best at it and get a couple of years experience in a really good vocation. And then you have the keys to get into many countries in the world to go be that and make sure it's something you enjoy and you're good at. And go be that somewhere in the world. And we would love to help you do that. Uh, we have scatterglobal.com as a site that you can go on to and help you think that through. But but stick with your studies. Don't give up. If, if it's something that God has shaped you to do, 
stick with your job and get a couple of years of good experience. And like we talked about a few minutes ago, get yourself in a place where you, you'll learn how to share your faith. You'll learn how to disciple somebody and prepare yourself uh, to go to that place. If you're not doing it where you're at now, the chances are you're not going to move to China and do it. Exactly. So uh, what what good advice? Be involved now. Continue your studies. Continue to learn uh, and continue to seek what the Lord has for you. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Andrew Scott. He's the president and CEO of Operation Mobilization USA. He's also the author of a book called Scatter. Uh, we talked a little bit about the subtitle, but talk about the title, Scatter. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it's, it's a principle that I see right throughout Scripture. You see, uh, as we talked about earlier on, God, I believe, in Ephesians 1, it says that he, you know, we, we see that he created us for a relationship. Uh, that relationship came with a role. Throughout Scripture, when his people, who were created for a relationship with a role, stepped out of relationship, he scattered them. If they didn't fulfill the role he had for them to share his glory, he scattered them. And so they got scattered into Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, and Persia. They were already scattered throughout the Greek Empire. And then, of course, the Roman Empire, when it came up and Jesus had told them to go again, they didn't go. And and in Acts, it says that after the persecution of Stephen, all the believers were scattered. So God wants us, he told us to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. So go fill the earth and reflect my glory everywhere you go. We didn't go, so he scattered, right? And and I think what we're seeing today is the scatter principle happening again. Now, he's not necessarily scattering his people to the nations. He's bringing the nations to his people. And every time scattering happens, on we feel uncomfortable. You know, when the children of Israel were in Babylon, it says they sat by the rivers of Babylon and wept when they were, they were uncomfortable and they were drawn back to God. And I think America's somehow been wakened up a little bit with this refugee crisis where we have this huge opportunity to reach out to the peoples of the world that are now on our doorstep. But my prayer is this, Todd, that we will be the first generation to scatter intentionally, not because of the result of our disobedience, but because of the desire of our hearts is to see God's glory among the nations. You know, 40% of employers worldwide have said we cannot find the workers we need to fill the roles we have. That was 40% of 42,000 employers surveyed in multiple countries across. I believe God has prepared the way. He prepared the way for us to go take a job somewhere and be salt and light. Andrew Scott is the president and CEO of OMUSA. He's also the author of a book called Scatter. If you'll come to VOMRadio.net, we will link you to the book where you can purchase a copy of the book so that you can have a copy. You will be challenged. Uh, I'll just warn you ahead of time. You will be challenged. Uh, so come to VOMRadio.net. We'll link you to order a copy of that book, Scatter. Andrew, thanks for being our guest. Thanks for your ministry and for sharing your passion today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd. And just as I sign off to say thank you to the listeners, because many of these folks are the ones that are making VOM possible, of course, but of course, through VOM, our partnership and, and reaching people in many of these close countries. Thank you. And just one last thing, our guest, if, if you're one of those that God is working on, he might want you to go to one of these countries. Uh, OM would be a resource for that. They, they would help equip you and help kind of point you in the right direction. Uh, what is your website? OMUSA.com. 
omusa.org, omusa.org is sort of the main website. If they want to explore a little bit more about take, go finding a job so overseas in this context, it's scatterglobal.org. Scatterglobal.org. Andrew, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Todd. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. As always, you can log on and hear this interview again at vomradio.net. Next week, we're going to hear from a sister from Lebanon who's also ministering to Muslims right here in the U.S. You know, the Middle East shows up in the news often as a place of turmoil and violence. But next week, we're going to hear what God is doing in that part of the world. So come back and join us next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.